Welcome to the Let's Talk About Love, Sex, and Infidelity podcast with your host, Todd Krieger. Todd has over 35 years of experience working with thousands of couples as a licensed therapist in his private practice. Todd shares his insights on this show. It's never too early to divorce-proof your marriage or too late to heal yourselves and have the relationship you truly want. Well, hi, everybody. Uh, This is Todd Krieger, and I help couples heal from infidelity, which is going to be part of the topic of today's conversation. I also help couples rekindle passion, and I help individuals deal with a whole sort of problems, uh, including healing from trauma, and I use EMDR, which stands for Eye Movement Desensitization and Reprocessing, to help them heal. Today, the name of my my talk, and I have my glasses on because... Uh, as you'll see why, I have to read a few things here. But the name that um, I'm go- doing is The Way to Tell the Truth After Infidelity, a continuation of the story. Now, why I'm saying a continuation of the story is that recently I gave a talk and I talked about a couple that I've worked with, Peter and Sandra, not their real names, uh, who had some real success in overcoming many multiple infidelities and helping them heal. And I saw them today, and they were telling me how it was interesting reading, uh, hearing about their story uh, in my my video podcast, whatever they listen to. But the story they told me uh, today, what they did since last week, was really remarkable. And I wanted to once again, maybe inspire those of you that are dealing with this problem or know people that are dealing with the problem of infidelity. Because how we tell the truth makes a big difference in how we heal, if we heal, how quickly we heal as a couple. Typically, the way people tell the truth, the person who betrayed, is really in a drip-wise fashion. I call it the drip method. They drip it out because they know they got to say it. They got to say something because they've been caught, let's say they've been discovered, but their intent really is to minimize damage. And they already feel like their partner is having a lot of negative feelings towards them, maybe hates them, and they don't want them to hate them more. So they continually minimize it. What that does is it creates continuous anxiety in the betrayed person because the betrayed person intuitively knows they don't have the whole truth. It is remarkable how I've seen time after time, the betrayed person is right on and they tune in. Many, there's not many, a few times the person who did the betrayal and said, no, that's all it was. I bought into it and believed them, but the betrayed person didn't. And they're almost always correct. And so I've learned to trust that. That doesn't mean that it's 100%, but we have a right hemisphere of the brain, not just the left. The left is the one that understands linearly and uses language. The right hemisphere sees the whole picture. It feels into things. It gets an emotional sense of things. And when a person is saying the words that this is what happened, and yet there's something that the betrayed person picks up that it's not the whole truth, because the right hemisphere is in conflict with the left. I feel something different than what you're telling me. And so that that betrayed person can never relax. 
So what I wanted to share with you is this uh, amazing thing that I heard uh, that happened over in this past week since uh, Sandra and Peter's story came out in my in my talk that I sent out over the over the internet and in emails and all that and social media. So if you heard the story a little bit, there were some multiple infidelities. First, there was financial and gambling infidelity on on uh, Peter's part, and then Sandra, probably in a state of revenge, cheated, but really continued to cheat and was quite good at covering it up. And it caused a lot of pain for Peter, who kind of trusted that she had, even though she had cheated, that she was coming clean and, and all that, but it wasn't all true. Now, when it comes to finding out the truth, who typically has the burden to try to, 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 for the truth to come out? Is it the betrayed person or is it the one who betrayed? Typically, it's the betrayed person who has the onus of the responsibility. The betrayed person is the one that has to bring it up, whereas the person who betrayed wants to avoid it. The betrayed person has to be the one to ask the questions, where the person who betrayed would rather not that not happen and would rather minimize what they see as the damage and rather just drip out the truth. So the onus of the responsibility typically is with the betrayed person. However, if you really want to heal and heal quicker than, than not, it's actually good for the, the person who betrayed to have the onus of responsibility for saying the truth. Now that's opposite of the reflex of a person who betrayed typically for the reasons I've been stating. Who wants to say, I messed up, but that's just part of the story. I messed up even more, you gotta hear this. I mean, how many people wanna do that? Yet, the consequences are positive positive consequences, rewards for it. And the rewards come not always immediately. But I've seen it over and over and over again where the betrayed person finally gets it. Their right hemisphere goes, that's it. I know the truth. I could relax. So let me tell you about this. That's why I say it's a continuation of the story. So that's why I have my, my glasses on and because I have to read my notes and I scribble when I'm in, in session. But what happened was uh, the, the, this couple, they were having a pretty nice week, if you recall, they're having, they're giving birth, she's giving birth in three weeks to their first child. And um, they were doing a lot of things and getting ready for the baby. And, and then Thursday, uh, which um, doesn't matter when you're hearing it, but let's say it's on a Thursday. So Thursday, they were going to celebrate, I believe, his birthday. And they went to a pizza place. And she suddenly had kind of a flashback. So she shared the flashback she had of a memory. And Sandra was talking about how she was at work. And this was in sometime, I think, in the early part of 2018. And then she had to go pick up a pizza, but she was picking up with this coworker, a male coworker. And they, um, they were driving 
I think to the pizza place. I could have this wrong. I think it was to, not from. I think it was to the pizza place. And he commented how he found her attractive and he liked her legs and asked if he could touch her leg. And she said, okay, which of course now she regrets, but she did say that. And then they went to the pizza place to pick up the pizza. It was for the rest of the work. He got back in there and then he wanted to initiate more connection physically. And that's when she did set the boundaries and no, no, none of that. And um, he, he continued to want to, to do something with her more and she kept the boundaries. So when she went to the pizza place, this story, which she had forgotten, uh, came back to her and she looked at her husband and said, we're doing well. There's a part of me that doesn't want to say this because we're doing well, but I, you know, I'm committed to the truth. And I just remembered a piece of the truth. And she told her the whole story about and why the pizza place that they were going to a different pizza place entirely, but triggered that memory. So it was voluntarily offered. The truth was voluntarily offered, voluntarily offered. And again, she thought, should I tell him even though we're in a good place? But, you know, I don't want to rock the boat. That's a normal uh, tendency. But she she understands this concept of the important way of telling the truth is I have the burden of telling the truth. I'm going to share it. So he was angry. He was upset. He, um, he kind of he was obviously annoyed and angry and his anxiety went over up the roof. He started to feel like, wow, I thought you told me everything. And she said, I thought so too, but I didn't. And she had the thought, she, as she's sharing, she says, I had the thought, why can't you tell me that you're grateful I told you the truth? But he wasn't immediately grateful. He was a hurt. It, it opened that wound up. So then Thursday night when they got home, she decided that since she had forgotten that, she said that she's going to do a whole timeline of their entire relationship, every little possible transgression or secret at all over the years they've been together now. She spent three hours or three and a half hours on Thursday and another two, two and a half hours on Friday. And she created a timeline of any little possible thing. And a lot of them were really little, but still, they were little. Like, first of all, just to say that the story she told about the guy, she realized that that was a part of her that didn't set boundaries. And that's not an okay thing. And I'll get back to that. So she created this whole timeline. And then Friday night... And I believe part of Saturday, they both spent now hours going through the entire timeline. So she didn't miss a thing. There wasn't that much. I mean, because she had shared much of it, but there were some little things. There were no big things, but there were still little secrets and that she shared and they've talked. And he talked also about how it felt for him. 
and um, he, um, just looking here. So here's what, what was interesting about it as they process things, such as he said, you know, you, you didn't, it didn't get very far, but you didn't set a boundary with even him that would honor our relationship. She says, no, I didn't. I didn't do that. And there's psychological reasons why she didn't. I'm not going into all that now, but she really had no intent to do anything with this person, but he did do that and she didn't share it with her husband. And she understands more and she's, I don't think she would ever let that happen today. But this is what was interesting. This is what um, the husband said, Peter. He said, number one is when she told me on Thursday, and I knew she was telling me to be honest, I still was struggling. And I said, I can't sleep in the same bed tonight. And so we slept in their basement. And his wife understood and gave him the space without, without pushing or fighting. I thought that was really terrific that she gave him the space to process because it was a heck of a truth that she shared. And then on Friday, the same thing when she started going over the entire timeline, giving him the space. I think it was really impressive that she took all that time to do the to do that timeline. So he said he loved that she took the time to do the, the this timeline, and that she brought it to me without me prompting her. There was no prompting at all on his end. Isn't that something? I, honestly. And so he looked different today, and he's going to hear this too, and I think he'd agree. He, his words were, I really know that we've worked through the meat of the problems, and we're very present with each other. That's why I wanted to read it. I wanted to, I wanted to, I wanted to quote from this session that's today. And... I asked to about like how, you know, what did you tell? And she said, well, everything. I said, did you tell like every specific little detail of every little sexual encounter? She goes, I didn't. I didn't want to say anything that he didn't need to know. But anything he asked, I told him. And I said, how was that for you? And he said, perfect. You know, because there was no hiding. Even when she didn't say every little detail, it wasn't to hide. It was not to give him any, you know, extra pictures that he didn't need. And this is again over the whole timeline. And they went over everything, the big stuff he knew, and a few things he, she, you know, and she couldn't come up with much, like I said. But the key was the effort. This is the way he said it. He said, <clears throat> our conversations uh, on Saturday were not... They were rated R, not PG-13, but not X. I thought that was great. That makes a lot of sense. PG-13 wouldn't have been deep enough. X is not necessary in most cases, but R for mature audiences. And he said, there's a sense of a new era about this. So I wanted to tell you that is the way to tell the truth. Now, obviously... 
If she had to do it again, she probably would have done that timeline months ago, but she did it. And now I am so excited for them who are about to have this baby and they could, they're in this new era and they can uh, be uh, able to, they're able to enjoy this new chapter in their life kind of in a new new way. I mean, there's, they're a new relationship, one that's open and connected. And think of the commitment that she had, Sandra, as this betrayed, as the betrayer who went through all that willing to share about in the pizza place when they were eating and also the whole timeline and share that. There was a commitment there. And on Peter's part, there's also a commitment, a commitment to stay present. And 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 have, and while he had the space for those few days, he was processing his own feelings alone. And then they processed them together. And now they're back together, uh, sleeping again in the same bed. I wanted to share that because I think we all could learn from that. The courage that it took for her and for him to do what they did on Thursday, Friday, and then they had a lovely Saturday and Sunday and onward from there. So I wanted to share that again, the best way to tell the truth after infidelity. And I wanted to just continue this story with you. This is Todd Krieger, making the world safe for love. That's it for today's episode of Let's Talk About Love, Sex, and Infidelity Podcast with your host, Todd Krieger. For free resources and materials, head over to toddkrieger.com. Loved this episode? Head over to iTunes and subscribe, rate, and leave a review. We'd really appreciate it. Thank you.